0: Hello friends, Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, Director of Priest for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. I want to uh, again invite you to leave your prayer intentions uh, in the comments. There's many different things to pray about in these days, not only for ourselves, but for the church and the world, and we do so together here. Let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, we want to walk closely with you today. We want to live in you. We want you to live in us. We want to enjoy that fellowship, that intimacy in grace that you so desire for us. In this way, Lord God, eternal life begins now while we are still here in this world and we truly experience the joy you want to give us every day. The peace that surpasses understanding. The serenity that the world cannot take away. As part of that, Lord, we stand in repentance for our sins. Forgive us. As part of that, Lord, we stand forgiving others that have injured us. And Lord God, we intercede we intercede for all those whom you love and for whom you died. Grant us these petitions, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Our reading today is from the Gospel of Luke. Jesus said to the apostles, Who among you would say to your servant, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here immediately and take your place at table. Would he not rather say to him, Prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all that you have been commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. So, friends, this teaching of Jesus, which takes many by surprise, because we want to be super grateful to people for everything they do to us. We want to be extra nice. Uh, And that in itself, of course, is good. But we fall into the trap in a thousand different ways of thinking God owes us something. That's the basic takeaway here for our spiritual lives. It's a framework way of thinking. God does not owe us anything. We have to live our lives as servants, recognizing that we do not deserve any of what we have we so easily fall into the idea that we do. We do have rights, after all, vis-a-vis our our human community and our lives with one another. We talk about our rights. We think about our rights. We have constitutional rights. But God... I mean, we have rights and duties, and there's justice and injustice in relation to one another. But this passage is bringing home the fact that God does not owe us anything. Everything is His gift. Starting with our very existence, He would have been just. He would have been completely content had He never created us. So the very fact that we're here is His gift. And when we receive anything from Him, what should be in our awareness is, who am I to be receiving this love from God. I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against Him numerous times. This is the basis of patience, too, when trials and losses come our way. We, it's not just here that, okay, when you, when you have carried out your service to God, you've gone to Mass, worshipped Him on the Lord's Day, uh, when you've done your duty to your, to your neighbor, you know, you look at God and you say, Lord, don't give me any extra credit here. I'm just doing what I'm obliged to do. What it also does is it makes us patient in accepting the trials and losses of life. It's not just when you've done what you had to do, say we are unprofitable servants, we only did our duty. So also we can, we can apply this verse to say, when you suffer what you have suffered... When you lose what you have lost, say, we are unprofitable servants. We are only doing our duty. We have to endure sufferings and losses in this life. And so we do it patiently because of this whole attitude. It's like, Lord, I'm grateful that I'm even aware of my sufferings. And then, of course, we have the persecutions from others. The Persecutions from others... They are to be endured in this way, too. Without some kind of negative attitude towards ourselves that leaves no room for healthy self-esteem, you know, we should be able to say, okay, I deserve, I deserve this to happen to me. Even though it, it, it is in and of itself unjust as relating to another person lying about us, another person attacking us, Putting it in the big spiritual framework, that's why we say, Lord, I'm offering this suffering up for my sins because I know I've sinned. I know I am an unprofitable servant. So, Lord, let me accept this suffering. doesn't justify wrong that somebody else does to us. doesn't even take away our right, for example, to restore our reputation. But remember, God does not owe us anything. He's the master of human life. We don't get to decide who lives, who dies, or when, but he does. You know, it's, it's, I've mentioned this before. You've seen it on uh, screenplays, you know, with a secular mindset where there's suffering and, 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 and people say, Oh, this is not fair. How can God allow? There's, there's no such thing as fairness in relationship to us, uh, us and our Creator. There's no, there's no question of fairness here. We don't hold God to any kind of standard. He holds us to a standard, but doesn't go both ways. God is God. I always think of the passage of David when he's, when he's uh, praying for the, the life of his child, and he beseeches God for the child, and he prays and he fasts, and when the child dies, he gets up and washes himself and, and, and eats. And his servants are confused, and he said, Well, while the child was alive, I besought God for the child. But now that the child has died... What am I to do? I, I, I submit to the, the will of God. He got up and he worshipped. He worshipped. And that's a key line there of, of, of Scripture because that worshipping of God is acknowledging what Jesus is saying here. Lord, whatever you do is just and right. That, that's the framework we have to have. Lord, whatever you do, Whatever you permit, whatever you permit me to suffer, to lose, whatever you command me to do, no matter how hard it seems, you are always right, you are always just. We can't say that to any other human being, and that's one of the things that's tricky about this. Because we have to shift mental gears. Whenever we're talking about our brothers and sisters, we can say to certain other people, you owe me something. Or what you did was unjust. We can never say that to God. May we have this clear spiritual perspective. And let's bring in the unborn in regard to this too. Anything and everything we do to save them is because they deserve it, not because it's a favor. They have the right to life. It's not a favor we're doing for them. They have the right to life. God has willed that they exist. And so when we serve them, we are to say, we, have done, we are, have done only what we were obliged to do. We don't look for any extra credit of any kind. We have done only what we were obliged to do because they have a right to their protection, to their life. They have a right. We're doing justice, not charity. We're not going extra, uh, uh, extra above and beyond. And preaching the Word to those who preach in pulpits? You're not doing an extra favor to your people by giving them the fullness of truth in the message of of Christ. They have a right to it. As baptized Christians, they have a right to know what is the life on which they have embarked, what is the path that they have to follow. We have a duty to give that to them, not doing them some kind of favor. Let's turn to the Lord and pray. Father, we intercede now for the world. We intercede for peace and for justice. We pray for your people, Israel, that they may successfully defend themselves against terror. We pray for all the people of the world in war-torn and unsettled areas where they are in danger, where they are at risk. We pray for our our cities, towns, and villages here in America where there is unrest, where bad governance has brought about dangerous and harmful situations. We pray for our nation into which is pouring all kinds of drugs and dangerous people because we're not securing our own border. We pray Lord God for the unborn. We pray for you to intervene and stop the actions and stop the plans and frustrate the efforts of those who want to just kill more and more babies in the womb. Those who are trying to expand abortion policy, put the so-called fake invented right to abortion into our constitutions in the various states. Stop their efforts, Lord God, stop their efforts. Bless your people as they talk about elections, consider candidates. Lord God, may your people vote and may they vote wisely. And Lord God, hear our personal intentions for health and wisdom and guidance and consolation. All the prayer intentions that have been indicated and those that remain in the silence of our hearts. Hear our prayers and show us your constant love in answering those prayers. We sum them up all in the words Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, thanks for praying with me, friends. The Word of Life, let it strengthen our pro-life commitment number one issue of our times and i would say of all time because the right to life is always the most basic right the unborn are always the most vulnerable people abortion indeed is issue number one may the desire to abolish it fill your hearts and actions this day talk to you soon hello this is father david begany one of the many members of priest for life this organization is one of the largest and most visible pro-life ministries in the world. The Priest for Life team relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priest for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give us as generous a gift as you can. Thank you for your kindness, and be assured of our prayers for you every day.